Hello everybody, it is the time of year to begin registering for one or two of my slow groups that begin in July. My slow groups are these special groups where I focus on one topic and we deeply unpack it over the course of six months. So these are highly nuanced, deep dive, advanced groups. These are excellent for those of you who have taken my six week course or who just want to focus on one particular topic through a somatic and trauma-informed lens. The two that are opening up in July, or will begin in July, are my embodied parenting group and my embodied nutrition group. The embodied parenting group is just like it sounds, learning how to parent from your body, learning how to ground yourself in your parenting so you're not parenting from a reactive triggered place, but from a much more conscious place so you can actually find joy in your parenting instead of it being a total hellscape, like some of you have told me it is, and I've experienced it myself. The other group is an embodied nutrition group. This has been requested for years. For the past four years after students complete my course, they say, can you please do a course on nutrition and make it longer than six weeks? So finally, I can say, yes, you can, and I can, and I did. It is a six-month unpacking of the intersection between trauma nutrition, and somatics. How do we recover from stress and trauma via food? How do we relate to food as a being and not just some object on the plate? What's the biochemistry of food? Why is it not the best for my blood sugar to have toast, but lentils are just fine if they're both carbohydrates? All of this and more will be unpacked in this six-month group. To register for these groups, please go to my website, holisticlifenavigation.com, and click Groups or you can click the link in the episode details below. Registration closes on June 1st. It is only open through May because we need the month of June to prepare everybody for July. I'm looking forward to this deep dive with you all. I'll see you there. You are listening to the Holistic Life Navigation Podcast. I am your host, Luis Mojica. I'm a holistic therapist, and my goal is to teach people how to find safety in themselves. I use nutrition, herbalism, self-inquiry, and somatic therapy to heal the body and mind of trauma. I have learned that each and every one of us has the ability to heal, to love, and to access all of the answers we're looking for. To do this, we first need to learn how to listen to our bodies and understand our minds. Let us begin. Trauma is our birthright. Now that's a very strange thing to hear sometimes. It might not make a lot of sense, but it will soon. Trauma is our life-protecting mechanism. It's a physiological response to a threat, actual threat or perceived threat. Why that's important is because trauma is how the body responds to something overwhelming. It's how the body responds to something threatening. It's how the body responds to a huge amount of fear or stress. And it's important to understand that because we often think trauma is reserved for really massive life-threatening experiences. We think of PTSD, we think of war. We think of bombs going off. We think of violent car crashes. But trauma is an event in the body 
that takes place every day in really covert, minimal ways and really overt, obvious, life-altering ways. So I want to create a little clarity around that. Trauma as the response, not the event, is important because it validates your body. It validates your anxiety, your PTSD. You don't need a big event. In fact, some people don't need an event at all. Some people's thoughts traumatize them. Some people's concepts, some people's memories. We don't need anything happening in our life right now to be traumatized. But how do we get traumatized? How did that even happen? Well, let's understand why trauma exists. Trauma is a mechanism. It's just like sneezing or coughing or blinking. It's that innocent. It's a body response that's automatic to protect itself. And in the moment when this is happening, we have a, you know a stimulus, something external, a person, an animal, a loud noise, something outside of us is causing overwhelm to the system. The mind and the body perceive that thing as threat, and then we have a trauma response. We create adrenaline. Electricity surges through our nervous system. We stop digesting our food. We breathe shallow. And the whole body goes into a, a clench as if it's bracing for impact. If you watch a, a video of someone doing this and you slowed it down, it looks like the whole body is wincing. It's a slow inward curl. Everything winces away from the thread. And then the second part that balances it out is the outward expression, the blossom. We went inward with the energy, and now we're exploding with the energy. And that explosion manifests itself as a fight or a flight response. So you fight off your predator. You run away from your predator. Fight off the threat. Run away from the threat. I say threat and predator because predator means something, someone is after you. Threat could be, you know, a really loud buzzer going off and you turn it off. It could be a thunderstorm. It could be an explosion. It could be a loud noise. You know, so anything outside of you that feels like a threat, you fight it off, you run it off. And in that moment of fighting it off or running it off, you're burning up your adrenaline. You're using all that electrical energy, that charge in your body. The trauma response, the trauma is the charge in the body. So you're using it. It's propelling you to safety. And then you attain safety. You realize, oh, I ran it off. I got rid of it. Your body and your mind updates. We call it orienting. You orient to your new environment that says there's no predator here. Or there's six people here where they weren't before. Or... The noise is gone, the smell is gone, whatever it is that was threatening is gone. And the, the simple way to put this is the body feels safe. The body realizes I survived. And in that somatic statement of I survived, I'm safe, we have a parasympathetic response. The nervous system calms and grounds. It begins to regulate 
the tissues, the nerves, the joints, the muscles, the skin, everything starts to expand instead of contract. It loosens. We breathe deeper. We come out of the hypervigilant mode. We start digesting again. And we're in our current reality and we feel safe. That's something that happens all the time. And the simplest example, the most common, is an animal runs in front of your car while you're driving. And you slam on the brakes, you don't hit the animal. Or if a car pulls out in front of you, you slam on your brakes, you don't hit the car. You, oh my goodness, you know, you have that big moment, that rush, and then the rush falls. And then you, listening to music, you're driving, you realize, okay, I'm good. That's a simple, simple example. You're walking in the city. A car comes up, they beep their horn, and they almost hit you. You jump back. You might yell. You might, you might, you know, uh, you might wince, take a big breath, gasp. Then you realize I didn't get hit. I almost no music. Talk to my friends. I give a hug to my coworker. You know, wherever you are. So these are these ways in the modern world we're constantly having threat response and regulation. But what about the, those of us who are traumatized? How did that happen? Well traumatized happens when we don't get to that final level of the trauma cycle, which is the regulation, which is the I'm safe, which is the I survived. And this almost always happens in childhood. And it can be a big event. It can be a tiny event. Big event These are the things that we think of, the assault, abuse, finding finding someone dead, sudden death that just rocks your world, losing your house, losing your parents, real, my world is crumbling around me and I'm a child. Those are big, massive events. Then there's the little covert daily events. I take care of my parents' emotions. My emotions can't be held by my parents or the people around me. I'm queer, or I'm transgender, or I'm intersex, or I'm bisexual, or I'm gay, I'm a lesbian. When I go to school, I have to protect myself every day because I could get beat up or made fun of. These are, are things that we see as kind of like, oh, that's what we go through as kids. But these are covert threats, right? They feel like threats to the system. So those are daily threat responses. Now, again, what causes us to become traumatized is we don't fight or flight. We freeze or we fawn. And I have a whole episode on fawning that you should listen to if you haven't heard it. It will explain a lot. Freeze and fawn are the opposite of fight and flight because we're not moving. We are stuck with the threat. And this is why so much trauma and and traumatization occurs in childhood, because as children, we don't have the resources to get up and leave a parent. We don't even know we should. We think it's normal. But we're stuck in a situation where someone more powerful than us is also overwhelming us, and we have no other option but to deal with it. So we find ways to deal with it. We might eat food. We might smoke pot, we might watch porn, we might zone out. Endless ways, endless ways. Fawning, becoming the savior. There's so many ways that we learn to deal with our, quote, captor. And, you know, my own example being in 
in middle school, my peers were my captors. I just, I had no way of escaping them and had to deal with their constant, you know, degrading bullying on a daily basis. So even thinking about it, I can feel my chest tightening because my body remembers. So these really simple life experiences become traumatic because we don't have the movement that I spoke of earlier. Remember, the outward event occurs, the charge occurs, and then there's that initial bracing and then the expressing, the, the blossoming, the explosion of the charge into fight or flight. And then we regulate. When we contract and wince and then we go right into freeze or fawn, we aren't using the adrenaline. We aren't using the charge. The charge is actually getting stored. And that's really important because freeze response is another trauma response. However, in the civilized world, we don't have rituals or any somatic awareness or intuition of how to burn off that charge after we've frozen. You can watch videos of animals playing dead. You can see a cheetah carrying a gazelle in its mouth. And the moment the cheetah walks away from the, quote, seemingly dead gazelle, it leaps in the air and it kicks its back feet and it's shaking and it's running. It's shaking off all that charge that was stored. But we as civilized human beings tend to stay very still. We don't tend to shake off our charge or scream or chant or dance, pound a drum. My mind takes me to the pygmies. And I think of the the pygmy tribe in the Congo and how they have a religion around dancing. Dancing is their religion. And they have a rule where if someone gets, you know, someone separates or dies or something really good happens or something really scary happens, they dance. The whole community stops what they're doing. They create a big circle. They hit drums. They sing. They chant. They dance. They're shaking off their trauma because they know trauma gets stored. So this is important for all of us to hear because we get traumatized from storing the charge not burning it off, not releasing it after we've frozen or fawned around it. And then that stored charge becomes our physiology. It becomes how we carry ourselves. It becomes our posture. It becomes our belief system, our personality. Then it becomes medicalized. That's when we get the back problems, the jaw problems, the TMJ, the, the dental issues the high cholesterol because we're coping with certain kind of foods. Our livers are so exhausted from all the adrenaline that is having to filter out. We become medicalized, traumatized bodies. And it all starts from a frozen or a fond threat response that gets stored and then we developed around that stored charge. So as adults, we take this stored charge into our lives. That stored charge is the body feeling like it's always being threatened. It thinks the world is a dangerous place. It thinks people are out to get it. It thinks if I go on that ride, I'm going to die. If I go on that plane, it's going to crash. If I'm happy, someone's going to pay. The body believes that it's threatened. 
And then the mind attaches to those sensations of threat and tries to make sense of them. And this is all unconscious. No one is choosing to do this. So the mind essentially goes looking for threat. I call it the trauma ego. The ego is trying to make sense of this physical sensation of trauma. So it's trying to assess, well, where's the threat? And it will look for threat everywhere. And the easiest way to put it is the mind is trying to blame the sensation of the threat that the body feels on something or someone at all times. How do we stop doing this? Well, first we become trauma wise, which is listening to this show right now, this, this specific episode, and reading books like The Body Keeps the Score, listening to podcasts about somatic psychology, trauma awareness, just so we can understand the somatics around trauma, because trauma is not a concept, it's a physical reaction in the body. As we're becoming aware of this, we have to understand, well, if the formula for trauma is fear and immobility, what's the formula for healing it? Well, immobility, remember freezing, fawning, this is how we got traumatized because that charge just built up and got stored somewhere in the body and never released. So we as adults have to feel the charge when it comes up, engage in the charge, and release the charge. Now, how the hell do you do that? If you're an intuitive person, let's say especially intuitive with your body, like if you've been a dancer or a yoga instructor or a skateboarder or a surfer, anyone who's really had to train their body to perform amazing tasks, this is going to be easier for you. If you're someone who has dissociated from your body, doesn't like to be in your body, doesn't like to exercise, doesn't really use your body for much, it's going to be a little harder at first, but that's okay. Because the first step is becoming embodied. We have to start by noticing where do we feel the trauma charge? And what does the trauma charge feel like? I'm going to walk you through it right now. So a tight chest, a nausea in the pit of the gut, a tight jaw, eyes squinting, forehead furrowing, the brow line furrowing, clenched fists, shoulders pulling up to your ears, shallow breathing, a rapid pulse, waking up with insomnia in, in a way where you feel anxious, having anxiety throughout the day. The easiest way to put it is any part of the body that is clenching is experiencing a threat response. Why this is so difficult to treat in psychology and in with medicine and with talking is because it doesn't involve the mind yet. It's a physical issue. And we have to start by physically moving it. So if you feel it in your chest, the first thing we do is unconsciously avoid it. We watch shows, we eat food, we smoke cigarettes, we take medicine, we do things to try to numb out that very uncomfortable feeling because it's the feeling of threat. And who wants to feel threat? Well, you will want to feel threat when you learn how to work with it because it gets exciting because you know you can release it. So you find where you're feeling the threat first. Maybe put a hand over there. Maybe breathe into it. And then you give yourself a moment and you just see what's it like just to feel it. What comes to mind 
What thoughts come up? What images emerge? Do memories emerge? Does sound emerge? Do I crave a certain substance? Do I crave a certain person? What happens when I just sit with this? And I'm talking a minute to start. Set an alarm for one minute and just see what do I learn when I sit with this sensation? And you will learn something. You will get words, you will get images, you will get memories, you'll get ideas. And you just let them come. You just notice them. This is how the body speaks to us. It speaks through sensation. And when we sit with sensation and we self-inquire through sensation, then the psyche comes in, the mind comes in, the thoughts emerge, the images emerge, the memories emerge, needs emerge. The tight chest might be saying, oh, I just want to go stretch. And you take it into the room and you just intuitively lay on the floor and you stretch and you feel the charge shift. You feel it dissipate. You feel it open. And in that moment, you have actually engaged a threat response in the body and you've helped it complete itself, get its needs met. It can be that simple. Other times, it can be much more complex. It can take months. It can take years. But working with a threat response consciously you will slowly dilute its strength over time. So even if your shoulders still go up to your ears, you go up to your ears a little less. Or you'll notice a little more, and you'll correct it. Once we understand this, and you're in relationship to your body in this new way, you are on your way to healing your trauma. Because your trauma is just stored energy that didn't get to move, and now as an adult, you're showing it it gets to move. And you're showing it how it's safe. And from there, the body will begin regulating more, will begin feeling safer. And your trauma ego won't be working as hard because those sensations of threat will be dissipated. So instead of projecting threat into the world, your ego will project safety into the world. And that's where we become abundant and authentic and successful. So consider this the beginning, and I thank you for your time. So as always, before you go, take a breath. Feel your body. Notice your emotions. And take that awareness into your life. I want to thank you for sharing this space with me. For more information on my work or any events that I might be hosting, please visit holisticlifenavigation.com. And you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at Holistic Life Navigation. Did you know your food cravings are actually a doorway to your subconscious? They are. We tend to see cravings as something bad or something we just give in to mindlessly. But when you embody your cravings, you're able to notice they're just blossoming from a certain place that has a certain need and needs your attention. Join me on Wednesday, May 29th, as I unpack this in a new webinar called Cravings Destigmatized. In this webinar, I'll help you learn the difference between a nutritional craving and an emotional craving as well as how do we use cravings to get in touch with our unmet needs and any of our unconscious, unprocessed emotional experiences. 
It begins at 4 p.m. Eastern, and everyone who registers will get a replay. You can find the link in the episode details, and you can also go to www.holisticlifenavigation.com and click on events, and the information is right there. Hope to see you there.